And on the line now, in his usual spot, tsn.ca's Scott Collins. Scotty, welcome back from beautiful Rochester. How's it going, bud? <laughs> it's good, Andy. Uh, I, I came back to a beautiful rainy day in Toronto, so yes. uh, <laughs> no, not exactly looking up here, but uh, all in all, we're pretty good. Well, you know what? We, we talked with uh, Micah Blake McCurdy in the previous segment about his takeaways on the uh, conference there in Rochester. What were some of your, your takeaways, some interesting things you, you learned, found out, or, or whatever on the weekend? Well, there were a couple, and, and Micah's um, presentation was a good one. My, I mean, he uh, he works on building models, mm-hmm. right, to, to do predicting of games and seasons and so on, and that's something I've I've uh, done myself for quite a long time. So hearing how he um, kind of formats his models and sets them up, I, like that, that was fascinating to me. Maybe more so to me than than the population in general. I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, uh, at the same time, I, I thought you know Matt Kane was there, and Matt has sort of become. Uh, the go-to guy for projecting contract values. And um, just, you know, over time, he's learned kind of what things to input um, to assess player value on contracts. And and, and not so much in, um, okay, what should this player get, but what the market is going to pay a player who has these uh characteristics and and so you know and that we we use Matt I'm pretty sure at the free agent frenzy this year on, on TSN so um you know, he, he sort of established himself as, as the leader in that space, and so he had some really neat stuff there. Uh, Namita Nandakumar um, does some great stuff on, on prospect timelines, where in the, probably the, the biggest takeaway I, I got from it was that um, when, when you're looking at the time between when a prospect makes it or is drafted and makes it to the NHL, uh, a lot of times forwards, you know, get there quickly. Like you'll have guys the year after they're drafted, they make the jump to the NHL, and that's that's not completely uncommon for the top-level players. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to uh, defensemen, you know, we have this this story that we're told that oh, it takes defensemen so much longer, and 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 so no one really places an expectation. Uh, what Namita basically showed is that within a year that there, the difference between uh, forwards and defensemen has basically evened out so that you know maybe you don't have defensemen jumping to the NHL at 18 but at 19 you know there are as many there as, as there are forwards and, and so you know when, when we kind of have this thought in our heads of well it takes defensemen they have to be 23 24 before they're uh, ready to play um, that's that's not quite the case and and then in kind of talking Oh, do, Scotty, are you there? No. Nope. Yeah. Oh, there you go. You cut out just for a second. Okay. Oh, sorry. That's okay. Um, <laughs> uh, when, when I talked to Namita about it, our suspicion wasn't that defensemen aren't ready to play uh, before 19. It's more a case of uh, coaches. You know, you're you're not as willing to put the 18-year-old defenseman out there and, and live with the mistakes that you get. You know, you can okay. put an 18-year-old out on the wing and, and, okay, if he turns the puck over a few times, you've got other, um, you know, players to cover for him. When you you know do it on on defense and and if this eighteen year old makes some mistakes, well those could end up in the back of the net a little more easily and and so that that's sort of where um, we figured the difference comes from in, in terms of how coaches and, and organizations in general uh, move their prospects in, into the NHL. Okay, Scotty, that was uh, a. a interesting breakdown of the conference, but let's get to everybody. They, listen, the, the, Sky, this is what everyone is, is coming for, right? This is what they're coming it's for. It's time for the best and worst of the NHL this week. Hockey analytics, heroes and zeros with Scott Cullen and Andy McNamara. The headbanging guitar head rift 
God love it, Scotty. This is this is the sizzle on the steak, baby. So yeah. let's let's begin the heroes. Will you start with your first hero, a 24 year old centerman from the Philadelphia Flyers? That's right, Sean Couturier. Uh, 12 points in 10 games to start the year, but he has been thrust into a completely different role with the Flyers. Um, you know, for good portions of his uh, career to this point, he's been a shutdown center and and, and actually done quite well at it. Um, but hasn't been asked to provide a whole lot of offense. He's topped out at 39 points in a season. He's done that twice, uh, and he did it once in 63 games. So, you know, there is some offensive upside, but this year uh, they've they've plugged him in between uh, Claude Giroux and Jakub Voracek on, on Philadelphia's top line, uh, and they're getting results. Um, you know, the, uh, getting 12 points in 10 games, including seven goals out of Couturier. Uh, he's got 53% possession over that time. Um this is kind of a, a, an ideal fit for him. It, there were some questions about, really, I think about Claude Giroux more than anyone uh, among the Flyers' top players, is that maybe there's some uh, dip in his play. And I think the Flyers thought if they, if they shift him out to the wing where he can still be creative and, and do some things offensively, uh, Couturier is this uber-responsible two-way center who can um, kind of get the puck to, uh, to Giroux and Voracek, and, and they can make some things happen. And, and so far, it's worked really well. And we look at, for your second hero, Alex Pietrangelo. Yeah, Alex Pietrangelo is, is an interesting case uh, in that when uh, St. Louis traded Kevin Shattenkirk uh, last year, Pietrangelo really stepped up his offensive game. Um, and, and so he's, he's off to a great start this year, 12 points in 11 games. But if you go back uh, to the trade deadline last year, he has 29 points in his past 30 games. So he's really become an offensive contributor um, uh, for the Blues. And, and in addition to that... It, He's really uh, increased his shot volume. Uh, you know, last year he was taking about 2.3 per game, which is fine. I mean, ranks pretty well among defensemen at that rate. But this year he's up to 3.6 per game through the first 11 games. Like that's a massive increase uh, in terms of um, number of shots on goal. And so, you know, I think Alex, Alex Petrangelo, uh, you know, he has this great reputation in Canada. He plays on the Olympic team, plays on the World Cup teams, and and so. But he hasn't really been a huge point producer. He's, he's top 50 points once in his career. Um, now, the other sort of factor here with, with Pietrangelo, if, if the offense is picking up, is that his, his possession numbers have always been kind of okay. Um, you know, never great, never terrible. Um, but for a guy who is an automatic to play for Team Canada, um, you might expect him to be a little bit better. And, and this year is, is somewhat the same. His, his possession numbers aren't great, uh, but it's kind of overshadowed by the fact he, he's turning into an offensive force. Right, taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. So uh, those were the best. Now to the worst of the week here, Scotty. The great Chris Letang not impressing you right now. Well, he's off to a bit of a tough start, and it's not so much in terms of point production, uh, but he, he's been on the ice for 16 goals against in 11, in 11 games, and that's just in five-on-five situations. Oh. Like, that leads the league. Um, and he's only been on for five goals for. So it's been kind of lopsided in terms of the results uh, with Chris Letang on the ice now. Look, he, he's missed a bunch of time at the end of last season and, in, and through the playoffs and, um, and has had, quite frankly, a, an injury-marred uh, career, we could say. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, coming back from last season's injury, you know, maybe it's just taking him some time to get up to speed. But uh, the early returns are, are not exactly ideal. Fortunately for Letang, the Penguins have been... Uh, have been good enough to overcome uh, his early results. Yeah, to give him some time to get back on track. And a Coyotes defenseman wraps up your zeros. 
Yes, Nicholas Chalmerson. Um, I'm sure Nicholas Chalmerson uh, didn't love the idea of going to Arizona, even if even if it meant playing with Oliver Ekman Larson, um, just because he he was pretty comfortable as the shutdown guy in Chicago, mm-hmm. and and he was effective in that role. Um, so far, not not so effective in Arizona. Um, his his Corsi is under 43 uh, percent. Has been on for 10 goals against in 10 games. Um, and you know, obviously, we're all aware of Arizona's struggles uh, overall. Now, the goals against—I'm sure this isn't all on Chalmerson. Arizona's goaltending has been the worst in the league uh, through 10 games. Um, but uh, I think, given what we've seen from Nicholas Chalmerson and Stanley Cup runs uh, in Chicago, um, you know, seeing this rough start for a team that is going nowhere uh, is probably not what he was hoping uh, would happen this season. Scotty, I will save your The Surprising Connect Statistically Speeding article for next week. I want to touch on that. Producer <laughs> well, Grady Sassy. surprising Sass- they are. Yeah, and uh, producer Grady Sass, he's a Canucks uh, fan, so he's, uh, he said, you have to get this in. So we'll, we'll go to that next week. We'll see yeah, how surprising they are the rest of the week. But great stuff as always, Scotty. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, Andy. Okay, Scott Cullen on Twitter, at TSN. Scott Cullen, find all his great work at TSN.ca.